Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Honeypot Performance is a Afrofeminist performance and public humanities organization. About 20 years ago, a group of friends in Chicago wanted to make art together, and they wanted to use that art to address issues affecting Black women and Black communities, both here locally and also around the world. So they started an organization, Honey Pot Performance, which is three-pronged. Performance, obviously, interactive works and publications, and supporting other Black and BIPOC creatives. That voice you just heard was Maida McNeil, Honeypot's artistic and managing director. We decided to make stuff. We've created a book. We make evening length uh, dance theater or multidisciplinary performance work. We have um, this online social map, Chicago Black Social Culture Map. And we just, you know, have continued to do that. The Chicago Black Social Culture Map. As a creative Black woman navigating social life in Chicago, on my bike, on the L, on foot, sometimes by car, that most definitely piqued my interest. At first glance, it's giving Google Map of Chicago. But if you zoom in, you'll see that it's dotted with markers for Black social and cultural spaces all over the city. And it's interactive. You can add your own dots to the map. Maida says one thing that's important here is that it showcases BIPOC communities that have been chronically underdocumented, and it creates an opportunity for them to see their histories represented. Me and Maida, we're going to talk more about that. But first, she explains how one of my favorite genres, house music, ended up being the centerpiece of the project and how it developed from there. We all grew up with house music as really formative to our uh, upbringing. And uh, had had many conversations about how, like, even as we grew older, like that foundation really influenced our values, the way we engaged other people, built community, made work, did our work outside of like creative space. And so we had these six months of like mapping parties and that we would put up big maps around the room, also have like a dance floor. And our uh, collaborator, Jody Presser, would uh, play a curated mix of like house and uh, a different genre, blues, house and jazz. And that produced like over 350 social spaces. That was really about, oh, like we can actually see these and feel these connections Mm. to previous, you know, decades of black cultural production from great migration, right? From that South to North movement. And it felt like, uh, well, what do we do with that information? Like we made a work, but it that information is still there. And so we began to think about a public space, uh, an online map that could, you know, hold those spaces, stories about those spaces, and then could keep growing. Tell me about, I know an important component of this is uncovering some of the stories in history that have been buried, that have been missed. Um, people who have things in their homes and or in their brains and don't realize that it, it's of such value in the the history of Chicago black culture. Um, talk yeah. about starting to to uncover some of those stories and how you did that. So, you know, I think like I, I am grateful and I think it's wonderful that um, 
the the history of Chicago house music is now beginning to be told and it's into the public discourse uh, in a really impactful way, which is amazing. And like just even five, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. Right. Mm. But I think there's a danger of like, yes, warehouse is important and critical. Yes. Music box is important and critical. Yes. Frankie Knuckles, Ron Hardy. Mm. Yes. But also like, what are those other strands? Right. And we can't forget that it was like queer black folks, primarily some brown folks too, who helped start this culture. And like, Mm. we, we need to find those legs that before there was house music, like these other threads, disco, funk, soul that, uh, that were creating a party scene. Right. Uh, and yes. um, also these other things that before, you know, before it uh, influenced those things like uh, taverns and uh, small uh, mom and pop little, you know, bars and things where there were Black social clubs. Those are like blueprints for what becomes the model for house music and house music like, gatherings. There, there are all of these like complex layers and dimensions that yes. are just amazing and that we need to uncover all of that and thread those links together, right? Yeah. To tell uh, uh, a really robust and um, complex story. Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you you just dropped a lot of, of what makes Black social culture in Chicago so rich. Um, there's a lot of media happening. There's a lot going on. Um, can you just kind of explain how Honeypot decided to focus on dance music and house um, and put that at the center. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning that like we all grew up with it and it was so important, continues to be important to us, whether or not we are, cause I'm not really out on the social scene anymore because my schedule doesn't really permit it, but I still love the culture and yes. I still, I'm so uh, happy and I want to support like, that there are folks who are still and like folks that are now in their 40s, 50s and up who are still like we are out here. We are not giving up <laughs> social pleasure and leisure. And like that is important. That's an important part of our holistic, you know, experience as humans, right? And yes, want to support that because I think that that's also like mental health, it's community building, right? It's all those things. Um it is kind of collect, it is like, you know, supporting like black <laughs> entrepreneurship, you know, it, it yeah. is all those things. And so, you know, we want, we want to uplift it in that light, right. Of how important it is. Cause I, I can remember going to back when I was like back in the day, I used to be in academia proper and um, bringing up kind of house music and dance music as important sites of black cultural production mm. and being, uh, folks being like, oh, that's just that four to the floor, whatever. Like it just it what what's <gasps> our artistic or creative? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, about that. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know. So like, I, I think uh, we're in a moment where we're starting to see all of that complexity, mm. uh, and we want to be part of of that movement. So there's also an element of aesthetic and style that permeates here. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a, a a story that's told a, a way of thinking about house music in Chicago, like its evolution as kind of like these high school generations. So like every four years, <laughs> the culture changes a bit. Oh, okay. So, you know, I think like you can look at its its history and kind of see 
like when I was at, in high school um, in the 80s and the early 90s. Yes. Tell me. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> that we were, you know, seeing kind of like fashion trends around uh, if you were house or hip hop and, and you could see that in like their fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your hip hop folks might be with backpacks and baggy jeans and, you know, that kind of thing. And or uh, baseball caps and, that, and then your house people are like Jerbo jeans, multiples, uh, like the the, the uh, Gumby kind of ha- haircut. Yes. That, uh, Asymmetricals fade. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> so all of that, you know, um, was I identifying folks as, you know, in, in these kind of distinct, I don't know, sub circles, sub communities, yeah. right? Youth culture, right? Through dress, right? And so how would you say that evolved maybe four or eight years later? Like, you know, how, how have you seen, seen you know, that kind of every four year iteration uh, changing? That is, that is a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure now, you know, I think uh, mid to late nineties, whatever, where like house, not that it dies um, or goes away completely, but hip hop definitely comes to the fore. Right. Mm. And uh, that kind of goes underground in a way, right. House. And, mm. but I would say what I see now um, that I actually, I really love is this kind of global diasporic dimension. Like I feel like the, there's this uh, synergy between kind of Chicago house and um, kind of Afro beats and, you know, yes. um, a, a bit of the, the culture and how people are dressing yes. uh, colors and patterns and captains and, you know, stuff like that. So that's something we might explore in a program. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. it. Yes. I love thinking about fashion and uh, and how that interacts with with music culture. Um, it is really yeah. interesting, and you know, which is why I asked about aesthetic and style. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an expression that's really can be telling and really fun. You're, you're working right now on an update to the map mm-hmm. um, and you've described this whole kind of project and all of this programming as being iterative. Mm-hmm. Um can you talk about working on something over the course of a few years that still continues to evolve? Like, tell me about what that feels like. Yeah. Oh, I love your questions. Um, <laughs> so like we're, we're process based, like as artists, as creatives, like I think we think about things taking time to develop. Um, when we did the original project, the simple exercise of doing the mapping together would bring up these incredible conversations of folks um, being like, oh, that place wasn't there. It was here or not this place, like place you could see, you know, places stacked on top of each other. And people like, well, this is when this place came and then this place. And, you know, so it opened up a a dialogue and debate, you know, so (laughs) between like history and memory, right? And so we wanted to explore that further around specific topics, right? And so um so we started doing doing the map and uh um kind of live programs. And then that also enabled us to we really wanted to commit to this um connection between house music proper and then you know like we talked about earlier jazz, blues, gospel, like where did these other um, genres uh, influence and where might we draw connections between them right mm-hmm. in the contemporary moment so that led to us having programs around blues or um, 
cultural production on the West side. And that might be a mix of kind of blues and mom and pop like record shops, like George's music room uh, or a place like the factory, which is on Madison Avenue, seeing those um, being able to see those again, more complex threads through, through these iterations of like programming and thinking about new ways to get to content and stories um, from folks. Yeah, let's um, we, we you know, if, if, if this is your first time hearing of this, you, you've maybe missed a lot of this programming that has happened up in now. But thankfully, there is more coming. Let's get into the um, 2023 programming. So um, there's there's roller rinks, there's radio stations in the programming. Um, these these two things I kind of want to talk about specifically because. Mm. These are things that have that colored my childhood in the 90s. Right. Like I was I grew up listening to the radio in Detroit and going roller skating. And the roller skating piece um, in between then and now has seemingly kind of gone dormant a little bit. But now, you know, Usher is out here having these roller skating parties. (laughs) You know, you you got the IG TikTok cuties, you know, roller skating on the beach. Uh, But then for radio, on the other hand, that's that's not making the same type of comeback right it's not it's not following that similar trajectory and I wonder Mm -hmm. as you're thinking about your programming and the map itself how are you thinking about the pieces of black social culture that still feel very present versus those that feel like they're starting to become history Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, that's again great question I think that uh, we are definitely thinking more about um, how do we integrate younger folks uh, and their interests and the things that have formatively influenced them um, and it will be eventually become like their contemporary hi- history. Like how do we bring those into the mix? So we have um, uh, started to uh, try to draw in younger members into the maps. Okay. And I also, I te- teach a class at, um, sometimes at University of Chicago. They invited me to take the map and to break it down as a class. Mm. And, um, I love that. You know, and one of the things that we looked at in the class was roller rinks um, as a component. Like roller rinks were incredibly important to both the development of hip hop and house. Right, that those were places where tracks might be broken on the dance floor, where um, mm. there were uh, opportunities for like small performances in these venues. Uh, I myself grew up going to like Rainbow Rink in uh, Uptown. And that certainly was a place that they were like house music parties as part of um, the, you know, ongoing programs they had there. But I think that there is this positive angle to it and that we are really seeing this, this new um, interest in it again by young folks. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's always nice to, to hear some reflection on, uh, the project in general. And I wonder if you can talk about that in terms of learnings. Um, mm. What what are some of the, the big things that you feel like you've gleaned from all of this um, as far as lessons? I think on the production of the map in, like we're learning a lot about like, how do we make a usable map? Uh, we want it to be accessible to scholars, but we also just want like, people who have lived the culture, who respect it, um, to be able to add like their stories. And so we have been working a lot on like, how do we kind of adjust and retool the site so people can find their way around easier so they can 
there's an easier way to kind of add uh, stories and new knowledge um, into the map. It circles back to that we're all scholars, educators, therapists, nerds, like we, you know, we, <laughs> we believe in knowledge and like, you know, this is important cultural knowledge that has to be preserved. And like the map is an incredible way to get to do that and to like, you know, dig into those, like the research and the scholarly critical thinking aspects of our brains. Yeah. Maida McNeil is the artistic and managing director of Honey Pot Performance. Maida, thank you for your work on this beautiful project, the Chicago Black Social Culture Map. And thank you for telling me all about it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, the map thanks you as well. And so does Honey Pot. <laughs> <laughs> Honey Pot Performance is co-hosting a skate jam with HP Skate tomorrow, May 20th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Garfield Park Gold Dome. You can rent skates, you can bring your own skates. So if you're into roller rinks, skate culture, and house music, you got plans tomorrow. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleve for editing the show. Dave Miska was the engineer for this episode and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you on Monday morning. 